Grab your popcorn and silence those cell phones because the show is about to start. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Rick Blaine is an award-winning film critic featured on thebigscreen.net.org and has been highlighted on over 75 unreleased independent film posters in less than 12 different countries. Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the AV Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. So something came to my mind, Dave, when I was thinking about this. This is our 20th episode of Rick and Nick. And the should fact- we have a cake or something? Well, maybe we should, but the, the fact that our titler two guys are still not here doesn't seem to really matter anymore. It's almost become old hat that Rick and Nick just don't show up for this thing. You think they get tired waking up from bed at 1 p.m.? What kind of social life do they have? What kind of professionalism is this? I want to recount. It should be Dave and Hoove talk moves, fees. I, I don't know. <laughs> Dave and Hoove talk move ease. It rolls yeah. off the tongue better for Rick and Nick. I'll give you that. It, but it does. Not here. That is. I am convinced that is the only thing that is keeping them on the billing for this podcast is that it rolls off the tongue decently, which they're not going to be able to survive on that much longer. I don't think. And not only that, half the time we come in here, we have to clean up from their mess from the day before. Coffee all over the board. We're lucky the thing still runs. Exactly. Slackers. Yeah. yeah, total slackers. But welcome to Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. It's great to have you here. I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And we are talking movies today. And more specifically, we're talking current events in yeah. the movies today. And it's, and certainly one big current event story in particular. We'll start with our initial reactions to Star Wars because Dave and I just went to go see it over this past weekend. We went opening night Thursday night. We've seen the movie. We will not share any details about the movie. We will share our general thoughts. If that is too much for you, you can feel free to zip forward, but we're going to share our general thoughts. Spoiler free. That's right. Once we get past Star Wars stuff, then it becomes spoiler possibility, but uh, it, the movie's not even barely been out, not even a week. So we'll we'll kind of zip it for a little bit. but uh, Right. So we went and saw it uh, with a few others. Uh, what were your first impressions? Well, my first impressions were that I thought it was better than The Force Awakens, which The Force Awakens, here's how my emotions ran with that movie when I saw it. It started out as, wow, this was great. Second time, this was okay. Third time, when I went and saw it with my brothers, who have a different kind of critical eye, and poked, they they didn't just poke holes, they shredded holes in the movie. I was like, you know what? This wasn't really that great of a movie. So, I I thought that that the Last Jedi was better than the Force Awakens. I thought that the Force Awakens created some problems, particularly with lack of originality. That unfortunately, the Last Jedi had to pick up the threads of and run with in order to keep consistency of plot and whatnot. But I thought it still redeemed itself in other ways, and it had some big moments. It had some innovative moments as well. Even though it ran into some of the same pitfalls as The Force Awakens, cheesy humor, lines that didn't make much sense, maybe a couple of of weak plot points, um, I still thought it was a better movie. It's too early for me to rank it in the echelon of all the Star Wars movies. People have already tried to, by the way. I've seen them try to. I think people do. They rank. I need to marinate on it a little bit. I will probably see it again. Uh, I've only seen it the one time at this point. I I will see it again, possibly this week. 
Um, I've got next week off, so there'll be plenty of time to see it again. Indeed. Yep. Uh, I liked it. It was a good movie, but it, like you said, it was not without its issues. Like I said, I haven't raked it, so I don't know if I like it better than Force Awakens or not. Um, there's a line in the movie that you've seen in the trailers. Um, this is not going to go the way you think. And that's not just something Lucas and Ray in the movie. It's, I think, the filmmakers talking to us. So leaving it at that. You pointed that out to me afterward. And yeah. You, you thought that that was a pretty big point of emphasis for this movie. Yeah, it's 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 kind of telling. And like I said, we're not going to give any spoilers. But um, what, I, what, what I can say without giving away spoilers is I know a lot of people that have not seen the movie yet are trying to keep a blind eye to social media and variety reviews that pretty much give away all the spoilers. Yeah, Variety did a terrible job with that. But a lot of places are, without giving away spoilers, are really pointing out that there's a real disconnect, not just between the critics and the fans, but between the fans themselves, some really loving it and some really having issues with it. And the fans have not been as warm to it, as, or the, just the general movie-going public have not been as warm in their reviews as the critics have. So depending on what review site you're looking, so there is a disconnect. This one is a, a kind big of, disconnect. It's kind of a para, uh, not paralyzing, polarizing uh, perspective, I guess. And I would don't want to delve in further than that because it might start giving things away. But uh, at some point, a little further down the road, more people have had a chance to see it. We might lift the moratorium enough and talk a little bit more in depth about it but i liked it i would certainly see it again clearly i'm going to um not just to break it down more but i liked it it was a good movie i will definitely see it again right i left feeling pretty good about it at least for this first viewing i I want to get a second viewing and see how i feel after that too but there were more I think big moments in this movie. There, there were there were big moments in terms of not only this story and trying to to get the legs running on this new story with these new characters, but there were also big moments for some of the icons of yeah. the series as well, and they got their moments to shine too. So it was. It, I think it, it balanced those two out pretty well. The movie did, um, and. It left open some possibilities for for the upcoming movie beyond this. There's there's a whole lot of different directions that this movie could go through moving forward into the next installment of it. But it's just going to be a question of where the directorial thinking goes from here. But Ryan Johnson, safe to say, I'm looking forward to seeing what he ends up doing with a whole new canvas of the galaxy to work with when he does this this upcoming trilogy that's beyond this one that's going to go to another corner of the galaxy apparently i'm curious what he's going to have in mind for that you know one thing i can say it's not a spoiler but uh there is no end credit sequence or anything that's not a marvel movie but when they are listing the credits they do have a very nice tribute to uh, carrie carrie fisher who passed away just after filming it's not a spoiler to say that it's there but make sure you stick around it'll be early in the credits yeah um but People, people bolted but those who who were still in the in the theater? A collective, oh, yeah. So that was that was something cool. Uh, not a spoiler by any means, but don't miss that. Definitely not. Yeah. So I think I think that's probably where we should cut that off because any further we're going to delve into things we shouldn't delve into yet. Right. So at at this point, you know, the transition actually kind of works, Dave, because we're talking about a Disney property now yeah. in Star Wars, and that's what brings us to today's big topic for this this podcast episode, and that is the news. That uh, Disney, the Walt Disney Company, is acquiring 21st Century Fox. Now, this still has to go through some of the legal loopholes. This needs to get approved by the antitrust boards 
and whatnot to make sure that this that this deal and this agreement can go through. But in principle, it's been agreed to uh, for Walt Disney Company to acquire 21st Century Fox, which is a earth-shaking kind of move in the movie world, in the television world as well, and maybe most importantly, the streaming world as well. So we're well, here's here's the the rundown, a very quick rundown of what is going to happen with the deal. And this is according to Disney's statement, and I'm reading this off of Rotten Tomatoes. One thing we should we should talk about real real quick is that it's not everything; it's the majority of the assets of 21st Century Fox, which is the parent company of Fox and 20th Century Fox Film Studios. There are some things they can't purchase for antitrust laws. They can't get Fox Sports. They can't get Fox News. Right. Because ABC, which is owned by Disney, already has ABC Sports, already has ABC News, and right. by, by law, you can't own two major of those. So they, they're going to get the majority of it, Those things but not will be a spinoff. Right? Yeah. Those things will be a spinoff. Exactly what happens with those, they don't know yet. It might be its own company. It might get sold to somebody else. Um, the fate is not certain on it, but they will not go to Disney. That is for certain. Correct. So here's the rundown of the deal. Just quick rundown. There's a lot more details on this, but here's how it looks. The transaction will include 21st Century Fox's film and television studios, cable networks, cable entertainment networks, and international TV businesses. Now keep in mind, that includes the rights to all present and past movies that have been under the Fox brand and under the 20th Century Fox brand, which opens up an enormous, enormous catalog of movies for not only streaming purposes, but also for remake purposes as well. So keep that in mind. Yawn. Entertainment properties, including, yeah, we've been through talking about remakes. As far as the remake remake. goes, yeah, yawn. We've been through talking about remakes, remember? It's a trap. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Entertainment properties, including X-Men, Avatar, The Simpsons, FX Networks, and National Geographic, which will join Disney's portfolio, which already is huge. Did you know Disney, well, this was predicted already by The Simpsons? There's it a, was. There's an episode yep. where The Simpsons, I don't know With what year. Ron Howard and Kim Basinger yeah. and... Wasn't one 20th, of the Baldwins was one yeah twentieth century Fox a Disney corporation that's right they I forget what year it was but they predicted this it was I think the late nineteen nineties <laughs> something yeah. like that yeah I, I remember that episode yeah because they're they're trying to stay out of the public eye Homer yeah. hangs out with all of them they're trying to stay out of the public eye and and he ends up giving them up to the, to everybody yeah so. This also expands Disney's direct-to-consumer offerings with the addition of 21st Century Fox's entertainment content, capabilities in the Americas, Europe, and Asia. Hulu's stake becomes a controlling interest for Disney as well. Bookmark that. Keep that in mind. And then addition of extensive international properties, including Star in India and Fox's 39% ownership of Sky across Europe, enhancing Disney's position as a truly global entertainment company with world-class offerings in key regions. And it, Weren't they it already does, that, I think? I thought so. And then below this, it does mention, in addition, because Disney, which owns ABC, is not allowed to own a second broadcast network, 21st Century Fox will spin off the Fox Broadcasting Network and stations to its shareholders in a deal to include Fox News, Fox Business, FS1, FS2, and the Big Ten Network. There also should be mentioned that some of the cable networks, since they are broadcast companies, they can own. So things like FX and FXX, they will take over. So it's funny, Disney will be broadcasting, you assume they're going to continue some of their programming on FX with The Simpsons, now under the Disney banner. Right. Could be interesting. Now here's the big question, Dave. 
Do you think that this move is primarily, primarily a streaming-related move, given the fact that Hulu's controlling, controlling stake is a part of this, and given the fact that Disney is launching its own streaming service with the goal of trying to compete with Netflix in the very near future, I think 2019 is when that streaming service will get up and running. Do you think this is a move that is primarily looking to get a foothold in an area that is growing by the day when it comes to entertainment and which may be the future, and that would be streaming? I think it's certainly a contributing factor, but from all reports I've heard, this is, I don't, reactionary probably isn't the right word either. From the all reports that I've read, Fox was trying to get out of the movie and entertainment business. Uh, and so they were going to sell off their assets. To who? Well, Disney saw writing on the wall and thought, you know what? If we could do this and do this, and if they're going to sell anyway, we could get them. So it wasn't like it was an aggressive takeover and a lot of Bob Iger snoozing up with the Murdochs trying to, come on, sell to us. They were going to sell. At least their movie and entertainment stuff so why not? Now, there were some other suitors that were kind of circling, but Disney made the bid and the pitch to make it happen. So if you have an opportunity and you're forward thinking like Disney is, well, they're starting to pull a lot of their titles off of Netflix and trying to get things set up, and they're going to start preparing their own streaming service. Um, this could really, really open up that those possibilities. So I don't know if they did this for this, but when the opportunity came up, Oh, boy, think of what we could do. If, I think that's kind of what happened. Right. Yeah, it opens up the, the realm of possibility for streaming majorly here for Disney. And streaming seems to be the future. You know, it, it feels a little bit weird to say that because it almost feels so impersonal, streaming services and watching shows and movies on there because it's just consuming content. And it's not an appreciation of content like you get by going to the movie theater or by watching it on a week-to-week basis on on television. But this seems to be the future more and more. This seems to be where consumers are saying the future is with the choices that they are making. And I think Disney is responding accordingly with a purchase like this and with an eye toward all that could happen with streaming services in the future. Well, what do we would we find this an appropriate junction to step in with the net neutrality thing that just went through with the FCC? Because Comcast might be, is yeah. a partial owner of of Hulu, as is other companies, and Comcast not only owns Hulu partially, but they're also a major provider of internet, and as of this moment in time, they could potentially throttle traffic. Now, they'd put up a pledge at one point never to do that, but over the course of the last two weeks, that pledge quietly came down. So if you get Netflix competing against Hulu, or if Disney and Comcast are buddying up to one another, who's to say they might not throttle back Netflix service unless Netflix pay, Netflix, Netflix pays up you know, where we're going. So right. is, is, it's kind of interesting the way well, the timing is working. If they're looking to do this a big streaming service, because now they're going to acquire the 20th Century Locks, 20th Century Fox catalog, including the original six Star Wars, by the well, way. Yes. Well, it could be a problem, but keep in mind, one, we didn't run into any of these these issues with net neutrality of that nature before net neutrality was put in place just a couple of years ago. We didn't run into any of these issues at that time. Who's to say it would happen now? Plus, they're still going through some legal battles when it comes to that. So I don't think it's the end of the story there. I Even, I even so though either. that decision was made and even though there was that 
public outrage that you get these days on these kinds of things, I don't think the story is done there, and I don't think it's as much of a doomsday thing as everyone is making it out to be. Politicians can can complain on Twitter all they want. I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. People can complain on Twitter. I don't think it's going to be the end of the world because I don't think it would get that bad. At least it, it wasn't beforehand. So who's to say it would happen now? Again, these things can be settled in court and may very well be settled and amended a little bit more in the future. And I would hope reason would stand to 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 be gained out of all this, but who knows? It's a very unreasonable time in some ways. Yeah. Secondly, with this whole deal, keep in mind, and take all of this that we discussed today with a grain of salt, because this is still needing to be determined by the antitrust laws. Yeah. But it's interesting to explore what may happen from this. But what are what's your reaction, Dave? What did you feel? Because we've had enough time, a couple of weeks now, to, to think about this because there were rumblings that this would happen. And then there was a gap period where it went from this might happen to suddenly things were quiet. And then it all happened. of a sudden last week, it happened. What did you think? I'm not really a huge fan of this. I think there's good and I think there's bad. Um, I think that, um, you know, like you said, this has got to go through courts. And right now there's another similar huge merger attempting, but there's a lot of blocking right now. AT&T is trying to merge with Time Warner and a lot of lawsuits have been filed, a lot of things slowing it down because of what they would, you know, take over. AT&T at one point was a monopoly and they were broken up by the government. Well, they've pretty much taken over all their old properties. They're building up a monopoly. So from a lot of what I've read, uh, Disney, if this goes through, would control roughly 40% of TV and movies. And wow. that's that's a major, wow. that's almost half. And so that says a lot. And so if Dis- if it all gets filtered through one board of directors, then that could change things. So take a look at what 20th Century Fox has, things like Deadpool. You're getting a lot of those R-rated superhero movies. Just to take one genre, you know, we've got Logan from the X-Men. That was a hard R-rated movie. Yes. Is Disney Company going to allow that to happen? R rated movies now. Deadpool is 2, Disney going to allow for stuff like FX and FXX on yeah. television? Yeah. Are they going to allow the Simpsons to poke fun at Disney, which they have done many, many times before? Um, Fox was cool with it when they would poke fun at Fox. Yeah, but Fox isn't Disney. Disney's right. got such a huge reputation, and Fox's reputation is kind of, for better or worse, been rolling in the mud, so to speak, with world scariest police shootouts and so forth. Those are probably not going to be happening on Disney Networks anymore. So those TV producers are going to have to come up with a new gimmick. Um, it's I, For the most part, I think there's good to it. I would love to see the, the original Star Wars come out on their unaltered theatrical cuts like a lot of fans have. You've been really hopeful about that since this deal. It's not something I've dreamed about at night, but it would be a positive. Uh, that will probably happen now. Um but I think with one company controlling too much, it's not a good thing. And I think that not that Disney's going to scrub everything clean. Clearly, there have been subsidies of Disney like Miramax in the past that have released some controversial movies, and they were owned by Disney at the time. Um, that you know it can happen. But Disney is so focused on their public image right now, um, and there have been some with the new Star Wars movie, for example. Some people criticizing what's been going on. Others not so much. I don't personally see it, but others do, okay? But there's too many mouse ears, so to speak, on Star Wars. Um, I'm not a big fan of it, though. You can see it. Honestly, you can see it in these Star Wars movies, even the new one. Some of it, yeah. But 
It's a complicated issue. I don't think that there's an overwhelming reason to be afraid of this. I don't think there's an overwhelming reason to be thrilled with this, unless you're a Disney stockholder. Um, I see too many restrictions coming. It was disappointing to me. It was disappointing. I do not like the idea of monopolizing movies or these these trust plans for movies. I like originality from studios. I like having a different studio, different kinds of movies across the studios, and not this idea of bringing it all under un, under one umbrella, and then you start to see creativity get sapped away as a result, and you start to see these cookie-cutter image movies that come along. When you think about it, you know, with... With some of the Marvel properties, we've certainly seen this. You know, it's they've done good movies and they've done good business, but they are cookie cutter movies in many ways. And and I, I think I, I hope that people who are of the Marvel fandom will look at that and kind of realize that that it's it's kind of become that way. Now, they've created some good content for some of these these stories and these characters and I'm sure there are people hoping that they could do this for for the X-Men, who have had an up-and-down ride, but they've been on the up here as of late. In in my book, the X-Men have been on the up here as of late with some of the movies they've had, um, especially with that reboot that they did, that that quote-unquote reboot, which actually... The first-class cast, yeah. Correct, which tied the strings together with the the classic cast in, in Days of Future Past. But I think there's hope that they can do this with the Fantastic Four and finally get them up and running, although... You'd have to reboot that again, which would be a second try on a reboot. Um, the first try on the reboot was a horrible one, um, and, and they would have to try a second time to be able to reboot that. But there are people who would be very excited about that um, and the possibility of that and maybe getting them up and running. But you've got to think about other franchises outside of the comic book realm on this, too. You know, what happens with the Alien franchise now, and where does that go? Um, and, and what does it mean for some of the other Fox properties that are that are about like you mentioned the Simpsons and what what will become of them there's there's creativity that is allowed to happen when studios are separate and where they're not under this one overarching vision that kind of comes into play and restricts what happens with Disney they don't really loosen things up we've seen this with Star Wars you know which maybe that was more down to the those who the powers that be in running Star Wars of why there's been so many restrictions in place with making those movies. But who's who's to say that Disney is not part of that too? They very well could be in terms of what gets in there and what you have to include in some of these these movies, which we've seen a lot of that here with Star Wars under the Disney iteration. It's sort of a check-the-boxes kind of thing with what are you including in here? How are you incorporating it in? Heck, you could put the mouse ears on on the star destroyers, and I've seen the memes of that. Or the the I I saw um a fake trailer for Rogue One, which was a Jar Jar Binks trailer, where the Death Star moves over the sun, and you see Mickey Mouse ears coming off of the Death Star on there. That is kind, of, and honestly, you kind of see that more and more with with these movies, and. It takes away the creativity for people who want edgier content like what FX and FXX provide with their TV shows. People are wondering what's going to happen to that stuff. Is that even going to really still be a part of the picture? Well, there's one thing to think about, though, even just using the new Star Wars movie as a metaphor. This movie, without giving away anything, 
kind of broke away from some of the molds. I don't remember hearing anybody say, I have a bad feeling about this. Some traditions maybe from Star Wars. I didn't remember hearing it. I don't remember hearing it. Maybe it just got lost. Maybe I just didn't hear it. I don't know. Um, But there's been a lot of talk. I think why the critics really like it is because it has kind of broken away from some of what you would expect from a Star Wars movie in some ways. Um, So to say that it's going to be stifling in an all-cookie-cutter environment – I think there will certainly be examples of that, but already Star Wars is owned by Disney. There are examples where it will be free, and apparently this episode eight was the least interfered with movie with least amount of turbulence, no directors were removed, so on and so forth. Um, But at the same time, you have two examples of directors being removed from Star Wars. Right. In one case, it was becoming too humorous, and in another case, it was um, personality conflicts. So... You know, I think if you're going to make a Star Wars movie, you need to make a Star Wars movie. You can't make Buckaroo yeah. Banzai and call it a Star Wars movie because it's not a Star Wars movie. And I think that's where in one of those cases it fell through. But Ryan Johnson was allowed to make his movie and did. And if the studio was going to really confine him, I think they would have. And they clearly didn't. By the way, I have a bad feeling about this. Who did said it? make it who said in it? The Last Jedi. Not who you would think. I would think like Poe Dameron, but I don't know. It was, it was said to Poe Dameron. I don't know who said it. I don't remember hearing it. I'll leave it at that. Oh, okay. Let's get back to the main topic. I don't remember hearing it, but there was a whole lot thrown at me that that movie. That'll get people people thinking about it. Okay. Um, So anyway, the other issue that comes with this is, and I don't think people realize this, when you are running together two properties like this and you're merging 20th Century Fox into this, a lot of jobs are going to get cut. A lot of jobs will get cut, and there's also a question of just how much can – these studios take on can can Disney and their properties take on within the course of a given year to fill the movie slate are we going to lose some some content as well as those who provide the content to be able to make these movies happen in in the course of a given year yeah i think we will i think and, um... and in addition to that and i just i just thought of this as well because it's another one that's been pointed out are we going to lose some of the independent film nature, uh, independent film ventures that are out there too? Some of the some of the more creative independent stuff that's happening, like Fox Searchlight Pictures, for example. Are we going to lose a property like that through a deal like this and lose some of the more independent-minded movies that come out of that in in bowing to the larger tentpole ones, which are in most cases franchise sequel stuff that that seems to be spouted out every so often there's you know there's so much you can look at from how this deal is going to go let's look at pirates of the caribbean you know the movie franchise based off of a ride at disney parks disneyland disney world i've ridden the ride at both disneyland and disney world great ride they've altered the ride since the success of the movie to include characters from the movies and as each movie comes out i think they add a little more even johnny depp at one point in costume, just went out there and stood on the ride and interacted with the people himself. Now, there's been how many of those movies now? 17? How many have we asked for? You know, after the first one, it's gone downhill and it really hasn't come back since. Will they make another one? You know, at some point, it's just gone too much. At some point, there will be a Star Wars fatigue because we're getting one a year. And there's already a bit of a fan backlash in some ways with this new movie. And I'm not going to give anything away um, just because of the changes. 
Um, there will be a superhero backlash at some point. You're already seeing major team-ups like the Justice League not quite doing what people were hoping would do. And honestly, these team-ups are going to get larger and larger and more and more complicated as Marvel starts to bring characters together. Yeah, well, you've already got Avengers Infinity War. That's not a Disney property, but still, it's bringing together... um, There's already some members of the X-Men that have appeared with the Avengers, namely Quicksilver, um, even though uh, with complicated legal issues, they had the same character but had to recast the actor, You know, even though they both did a good job. Uh, and now you've got the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're going to be popping into the new Infin- uh, Avengers movie. So you've already got a huge team-up with all those many balls in the air. Something's bound to drop unless you are deftly skilled at it. That thing that will drop is plot. Yeah. You know, you're trying to get every character in and give them a moment, and it doesn't always work. Or you'll get a high-paid actress or actor That'll demand screen time. Like, let's say Jennifer Lawrence. She's an Oscar winner. If she says, I want a bigger, better part, and I'm an Oscar winner and I can do it, well, maybe it forces the story into a direction that wasn't organically going. If she played a character in the series, you're saying? She does. She's Mystique. True. If they put the... Right. If they move the X-Men in and really... And take them in their current iteration and characters. Yeah. If if they would do that, yeah, that, that would create some real juggling that would need to happen x-men last stand there's a lot of problems with that movie anyway but halle berry had just won an oscar for monsters ball and demanded that storm be given a better role and it just didn't fit with what the story was and it just it felt forced you caught me off guard there with jennifer lawrence because that that merger hasn't happened yet between the x-men and and the other Marvel characters. But, well, even if but, they just but, did an X-Men movie. Right, but if you think about the possibilities of what would happen and when that would happen, you're absolutely right that that could be something that would happen in there. Well, you know, you can say what you want about Wolverine being the, the main focus of the X-Men, but that's kind of the way the X-Men was designed. It's an ensemble, but despite that, head, head and shoulders above the rest of them is either Professor X or Wolf, Wolverine, to the point where they were really the only two that were in Logan. All the rest of them, as awesome as they are, are an ensemble a notch below. Um, you've got various different franchises where that's the case. You know, whether it's Justice League, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, whatever. Um, if you get an actor or actress that demands they get a better performance, like if Jennifer Lawrence ever did that, Mystique isn't designed to be the lead of the X Men. Well, if she forces the hand, it could be. You know, but she's fit very well into the ensemble. She's done her part and has done a great job with it. Mm-hmm. And even though her contract was done after the last one, she's back for the new one that they're filming right now that'll be coming up. So that's that's an awesome thing. Yeah, and there's been so much emphasis on the comic book side of this. I, I think I think some people, for better or for worse, are just focusing on the comic book angle of this and saying this is all based around comic book movies. No. It's not all based around comic book movies. But you do get concerned that what if they just focus on making comic book movies and other stuff gets forgotten in the wake of this in terms of studio scheduling for the the course of a new year? Because think about this, Dave. One thing that we have talked about as part of this podcast and one of the things that, that makes the movies great is how you get such a variety of stories. Then you can get so many different things. Well, if a consolidation like this happens, it almost consolidates what – the studios put together and try to work out for the course of a given year. And we may lose original content as a result. It may get more and more centered around the movies that pull in the big bucks rather than thinking about, can we make a good 
movie that is original and creative and something different, well, which is which is part of what makes movies special. One of the things I liked about 20th Century Fox was that they had that undercompany Fox searchlight. Well, if 20th Century Fox, let's say, releases, let's just use small numbers, uh, five movies that pull in a billion dollars one year at the box office and all profit, they can afford to lose a little of that money on gambling with risky projects that may not make their budget back. But what they do make is an artistic stand. Look at Blade Runner, for example. Blade Runner, even, I'm not talking about the sequel now, I mean the original, came out in 1982. It did not make money at the box office. It was... For all intents and purposes, very much like the sequel was, it was a bomb at the box office. But people went and saw it, and it was visionary, and it really was interesting, and it has um, made strong implica- or not implications, influences into what has come since. You know, Ridley Scott and his vision, not just with Blade Runner, but with Alien and all of that, this, this interesting future. You can see it almost looks like the same future in The Fifth Element. It had such an impact on everybody, even though the movie bombed. So you get a movie like that that's not going to bring in money, but it's going to make a statement. And you get directors like Colin Tevereau who gets their start in independent movies like this. The Coen brothers got their start in movies yeah. like this. If that's not Something gonna, original and yeah, different. And yeah, and very different. I mean, you see a Coen brothers movie, you know you're not in for the norm. You After a while, you kind of get the feel of what their movies are. But when they first started coming out, Barton Fink and Hudsucker Proxy and Fargo – you're like, what is this? This is Raising Arizona. What, what? But it was new and interesting and different, and it's been a good voice. And if 20th Century Fox and Fox Searchlight are going to cease to exist, will Disney continue to do something like that under their branch and continue that to survive, even if they're not going to make money? Think about this for a comparison in terms of what each studio has done this year for movies. Here's what 20th Century Fox has done. This is just this year, and this is only a, a sample, but this is what this one article that I'm reading has pointed out. They released a movie like A Cure for Wellness. Then there was Logan. There was Snatched, the, the comedy. Yeah. Um, then there was Alien Covenant and War for the Planet of the Apes. That's a strong year, and that's a lot of variety in terms of your movies, original and sequel alike. Here's Disney's year. Just a slice of it. Beauty and the Beast, a remake, live action. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tale, No Tales. Cars 3, Thor Ragnarok. They've made a lot of mo- a lot of money, a lot of moolah off of that, but look at all those remakes and sequels that you've got going on there. It's It's the business model of movies these days. You know you're going to sell a lot of stuff along with those movies too. I mean, people are going to watch this new Star Wars movie. You'll see plenty of sellable things in that movie. Things that will get sold as as merchandise and whatnot. And Star Wars isn't done yet. There will be the young Han Solo next year, episode 9 in a couple years, and then a whole new trilogy and even some more offshoots. Young Obi-Wan, there's still talk of a young Boba Fett movie. Yep. And probably beyond that, dot, 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 dot. They don't pay $6 billion just to put out one trilogy and a couple in-betweens. This will go for a long time. They're building a whole new wing at Disney World, I think, that's the Star Wars park. Um, this is going to go for a long, long ways. You know, I'm a fan. I like streaming, and we do streaming. Um, but I'm a movie fan, and sometimes I want to see this particular movie, and I want to see it right now. But it might not be in the queue list at Netflix or Hulu. So I've still got thousands of DVDs at my house. Love them. Because I can watch whatever I want, when I want, how I want, if I want, you know, whether it's streaming or not. Um, 
if you look at a lot of stuff from the 80s and the early 90s when I grew up, some of it was franchise, but a lot of it wasn't. You know, a lot of it, there was no sequel, there was no franchise rights, even if it was successful, even if it was oddly successful. Um, nowadays, if you look at anything from like the 2000s onward, with a few exceptions, like Baby Driver, you get franchise, 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 to the point where I should almost reorganize my DVDs and have a superhero section separate from everything else, you know, and, and beyond that, you know, a James Bond section is its own unique thing. Yep. But uh, it's... To move, if it's too much, oh, I will. Is, I will rue the day when James Bond is purchased oh, by by Disney. That the James Bond will be done. You're not going to have some sexist, misogynist dinosaur with Disney ears, unless it's Harvey Weinstein. But that's a whole other thing. Oh my! <laughs> I went there. Uh, it's you know it's it's if it's too much homogenization, then there's even more problems for the movie theaters, and the theaters are having enough time getting people to go out in the first place. Which Let's is, make it worse. Which is why I think the streaming element of this is maybe the most important element of this potential deal. Is that they are looking to get on par with Netflix. They are looking to go toe to toe with Netflix because I think Disney sees streaming as the future. And well, they, and they'll they, win, right? And you they know, and they are acquiring so much content from this, just an array of movies, past and present, that they are going to have at their disposal, and TV shows as well, past and present, that they will have on this streaming service. I think they see that that's where the future is, but it could. be be detrimental to the theater and movie attending business. And that deeply concerns me yeah. in terms of the movie going experience and in terms of of the appreciation of that. You know, it's it may be smart business and it may be smart for where the consumer's money goes, but in a, in a way, it doesn't it, it just does not feel right that, well, that this is the direction that it's going. You're losing a certain element of personality and you're losing elements of of social interaction that come with experiences like that when you take away this and you're going to a more individualized type of thing like streaming. Well, I think you've got a definite point. I very much agree with what you're saying. But I think what we're also starting to see, especially with this merger, is that we're getting more theater studios involved directly in with streaming like the Hulu situation right now you got Disney in there you got Comcast carrying it Netflix isn't necessarily tied in with anybody on a on a on an ownership level so if Netflix wants to put out a movie they can do it you know they don't have Paramount stepping in and saying no you're not well as long as the rights are available then they can and will so let's say for example that all movie companies get involved in streaming. If Paramount starts their own or they team up with Netflix or get into an ownership or whatever the case, now you've got Hulu that's going to have not only all the Disney properties but all 20th Century Fox properties and they're going to start their own streaming at some point. They're going to control what's in the theaters because that's where it makes a lot of its money back. They're not going to be getting as much money for licensing fees when they own that company. It's going to have to come from purchasing fees from people getting in on it. They're going to have much more control as to how long it's going to stay in theaters, how much money it can pull in. Because the way things are set up right now, movie theaters, one of the reasons they'll play movies for so long is they don't really start seeing profit. You think Bemidji Theaters is seeing big profits right now from the new Star Wars movie? No, that's all going to the theaters. It's not going to be until about two weeks later that they'll start to get a little money off of that. So the longer they can play it, the more of a percentage of profit they'll see. I've read the cut 
is not very good with Disney movies. No. Not very worse good at even, all for theaters. Worse even with a new Star Wars movie. They changed it. If you want to show Star Wars and you got to go by this. Well, who's not going to go see Star Wars? They want them to come to our theater, not the other guys. So, okay, fine. We'll bow to it. So it's getting a harder cut for theaters. Um, so you're going to own the streaming service and you're going to own the studios that provide the content of the streaming service. You're going to have a little more control. Whereas Netflix, they've got Stranger Things. It's a great show, by the way. Um, but a lot of the movies that are on there, not all of them, there's plenty of good movies that are on there, but there's a whole lot of stuff that looks like it's straight to video. All the Sharknado movies are there. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that I never even heard of this. You know, what is this? And some of the reviews are great, Stranger Things again, and others, not so great. So it's whatever they can get for content. Well, now Hulu's going to be rolling in it because they've got Disney on board. They've got 20th Century Fox coming in now. And with Disney starting to prepare their own streaming service, they're starting to, once the contract runs out, pull things from Netflix. So there goes all your Marvel movies from Netflix. And you know that with that controlling stake in Hulu... Hulu's days may very well be numbered. Yeah, but the, you know they're going to start their own thing, um, th- and that's the way of things. You know, so if you're Netflix, if you're Hulu, you ought to think about getting into bed with Universal or Paramount or Warner Brothers or whoever, and you know, maybe even offering them a stake in the company so that you've got the backlog of all the stuff that they've got and all that's going to come. So maybe you've got a couple other things, but that only brings up more problems because as it's a, a domino cons- effect. As a yep. consumer, I want to watch what I want to watch, when I want to watch, if I want to watch, right. which is why I still have DVDs. I'm not a member of Hulu. I am to Netflix. But if I want to see, say, a Marvel movie in a year, that's not going to be on Netflix. Thank goodness I have it on you know, DVD. But maybe I want to watch it first before I decide whether I want to buy it or not. I haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. I don't know if I want to buy it. I want to see it on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Haven't seen it yet. But it's going to get to the point where it's that exclusivity that if you want to play this video game, then you need to have this console. It won't work on the other machine. Or other, you know, vice versa and back and forth. It's a pain in the butt for a consumer. I don't want to subscribe to everything in order to be able to watch everything, whereas this is one of the nice things with cable. If you had, say, the movie package, then you had all the movie channels and you could watch whatever was new and coming out on the movie channels, Cinemax, HBO, you name it. Um, not so much the case anymore. Now you have to subscribe to all these exclusivity things where it's going to get to the point where um, cutting the cord for cable used to be a nice cost-effective thing, but if you like your movies and you like your sports, you're going to have to subscribe not just to a sports package. You're going to have to subscribe to the NFL package and then the NHL package and then the MLB package. It's going to cost more to do all that and see all that you want to see than it used to be with cable. At some point, hopefully, that will change. This is not going to help that situation with the merger. Does this tire you? Yes. Yeah. I'm just I'm just drowning in all of this. Listening to you talk about it, thinking about all of this. You kind of look like you're, oh, geez, you're bringing it, up things I didn't even think about. You're at, no, you are absolutely right with with the, bringing up some of those things that that it creates all of these problems and it it tires me because when you were going through all of that content, think about it, all the content that is getting produced these days and and just getting just getting thrown in your face, trying like the number of movies, the number of TV shows, it's become more about getting products out there in front of you and for you to consume than putting good, solid products not, out there in terms of good, solid quality Not movies. necessarily. I mean, the great example of what goes against that is Stranger Things. 
It is so different and so unique and so celebrated. They've done two seasons now and the third one, and I think they're going to do a fourth one too at some point. And it's been so celebrated. They have not dropped the ball. It's great. Now, hopefully they won't drop it for the Which third season. Which that's encouraging. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen it yet? Have not. I should. I should. I have the first season on DVD. I'll loan it to you, but I've got it loaned out right now, so I can't loan it to you. No problem. Um, but it's a great show, and it's exclusive to Netflix. Yeah. Uh, the first season is now on DVD, but the second season isn't. So it's either Netflix or bust, really. And that's one of their big draws right now. And it is. They really gave freedom to the filmmakers or the showmakers or whatever you want to call them to do whatever they wanted to do, and it is awesome. And sometimes you can give freedom to people that don't know what they're doing and they screw it up, but at least they screwed it up on their terms. Eh. Um, but when you get things like Disney and they want the money, they want the margin of profit, they want this, they want that, then that starts to stifle. We're all afraid is the case. You know, things like 20th Century Searchlight, Fox Searchlight, that wasn't so much the case. Here's some money, here's your budget, go do what you're going to do with it. For, for better, for worse. Yeah. And sometimes we got some good things and sometimes not so good things. That's that's the big point. I don't want this deal to suddenly squeeze out coming up with new original, original ideas. Content, creativity. I, I don't want that to get squeezed out by continuing to focus on franchises, sequels, churning those out in, in a desire for the dollar. Movies have always been in some way, shape, or form about the dollar and being and about being able to make good money for your your company but at and the same should time be. but but you want originality too and you want originality that is going to to i mean star wars would not be where it is now without an original idea and a, a creative thought that came to mind you know not even originality to a point i mean creativity yeah you can i mean pick a movie and you could see it in 95 different forms but done differently creativity you know talk about like say a buddy cop movie you know you've got die hard you got lethal weapon you got a whole bunch of them it's not a big genre right now but it, it's always come around then it goes away then it comes back goes away whether even westerns you get the gunfighter with his sidekick buddy cop movie basically it's been done a million times, but done really creatively sometimes, and not so creatively other times. So I don't have a problem seeing a similar movie. Um, Just as long as it's not a remake. As long as it's not a remake, and so long as it's creative. And even if it is yeah. a remake, many remakes are done poorly because it's just a cash-in, like you said. But when it's done well, and it adds something new to the table, then I don't really have a big problem unless it's something sacred that was so well done the first time, don't you ever remake Sound of Music or The Wizard of Oz or you can add sequels to it. Do a, t- do a play on, on TV. I watched A Christmas Story live last night on Fox. That was awesome. It was fun. It was You could see the screw-ups because it was live, but it didn't matter. And even though that's a classic movie, should never be redone, I wouldn't call that a remake. It has been made into it's, a stage it's show. It's different. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was made into a broad, or not a Broadway, but an on-stage musical. And they just did a version of that on TV. And it was awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. And it was creative. It was fun. As that's the big thing. Not necessarily originally, but creatively. Look at Mad Max Fury Road. Wasn't that creative? It was really interesting. And really, what's it about? Nothing, really. But, I mean, wow, wasn't it something interesting to see? Not just the visuals, but you never saw it, did you? Didn't get to see it Okay, yet, you're, no. giving me, you're giving but, me the look. <laughs> but, I've seen, but I've seen the older Mad Maxes. And, and the point of Fury Road is... 
do something new with something that's been done before. And, and they, mission accomplished. And they absolutely did that. And yeah. not just visually. I've, I've read plenty about it and, yeah. just, and just how, how earth-shattering and different it was. Yeah, so if you get people, if, if everything's going to be funneled through one pipeline, like Disney and the, 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 the board of corporate whoever's, and they're interested in the profit margin, well, this isn't what Disney does, and blah, blah, blah. It's all becoming homo- – it uh, could all become homogenized. Yes. And then you lose not just originality, but you lose creativity, and that could be a big problem. But for better or for worse, the new Star Wars movie shows maybe they're willing to let people kind of do their own thing, particularly in a sacred pool like Star Wars. We will leave it there, and we will watch and see what happens now in terms of the legal process of this deal. But – this is at least a start in terms of the implications and some of the different connotations that, that you can take away from this potential deal between Disney and Fox and all that's going down with it, which has been agreed to in principle, but now it's all about going through the courts to it's, get this taken care of. And if it does go through, kind of like the AT&T Time Warner thing, um, that would be a huge, huge thing. It'd be the biggest company on the face of the earth if the merger goes through for AT&T Time Warner. And you thought Disney was big already. Entertainment-wise, this would be the biggest entertainment company in the world if this goes through. And some of the big problems of the AT&T Time Warner thing is that it's just going to be too much power for one group. And like I said, AT&T back in the 70s was broken up because they were a monopoly. They're working toward that again. Disney could be working towards something along those lines in entertainment. It's never happened before in the entertainment industry anyway. But uh, Monopoly rules, could they kick in at some point? I mean, only owning 40% is not a majority, but is that already too much? I wouldn't be surprised to see a Godzilla-sized Mickey Mouse marching <laughs> down the street here at some point in the future. Thanksgiving was a few weeks ago, so the Thanksgiving Macy's parade is yet to come. And I don't mean in parade form, Dave, eating everything in its sight. I got the visual. That's pretty good. All right. I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. Thank you for joining us on Rick and Nick Talk Flicks, and we will see you at the movies.